Welcome to issue 15 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters on fairly labeled villains and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hey, Daniel. How's it going? Fantastic, sir. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. Unfortunately, Mustafa can't be with us tonight, uh, but we're going to try to tune in to him in his secret lair through one of our spy satellites. Let's see. Nope. Wait a minute. Almost got him. There he is. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. That is by Mahatma Gandhi. And our third host tonight, from Dexelsior, it's John. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to be on with you guys. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast, and it's it's fun to finally be with you guys and be on the villain side for a change. I was going to say, I was going to say, well, thank you for those kind words, and uh, welcome to the dark side, son. (laughs) But he likes being on the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll like it here, John. You'll find. (laughs) This week's special week, we begin our two-parter as we claw our way through May, a community-wide initiative to take a look at this iconic villain. At this point, eight different community content creators are going to give their spin on Claw, from issues like ours to blog articles to gameplay videos to tactical in-depth look at who he is and how to play against him. So yeah, claw your way through May. That's I like that. I like yeah, it that. should be pretty fun with uh, everybody focused in on one theme. Oh and yeah. Tonight, and tonight we're going to learn all about why we would focus on such a figure. Yeah. But first, we want to hear about you, John. Who are you? How do we find you? What What are you all about? Yeah. Well, what are your villain credentials? Well, well tonight I'm about villains and. Daniel, you should you should know that because I think the first interaction we had when was when I was watching you on Monday Night Twitch, uh, when you and Mike <laughs> were playing, and I would always yep. be the guy that pointed out the rules errors. Um, yep. So you should know very well I enjoy being an evil minion and making right. sure the heroes get what they deserve. And, and to your credit, you got to point yeah you got to point things out about thirty seven times a, an episode. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for that. That's <laughs> a big job to handle when those guys are on. Yeah, true. That's how we met uh, Steve too. That's All right. right. <laughs> I just used to um, heckle. Keep going, John. Tell us more about you. I uh, so I first heard about Marvel Champions in the uh, at Gen Con where I first actually met Daniel in real life, and yep, yep. we uh, we heard about this Marvel Champions thing, and it was really exciting. I, w- I got to demo it, and I was really hooked. I could tell immediately that Caleb had worked on this because a lot of the hallmarks from Lord of the Rings. I felt some of the design lessons that he had learned there really showed through and that this game mm-hmm. was, looked like it was going to be really polished and really exciting. And I've just loved it. Oh, every, every new expansion that comes out, every new content that gets released, it's just more and more hype for this game. So I decided to start uh, with Sam and Matt and Carlos and Ben. We decided to start a podcast about it called Dexelsior. Thank you for yeah. that. That's an awesome cast. Oh, thank you. We, we try. We, we try to have fun. We've got a lot of different personalities. <laughs> and I, my, my job as uh, main host is just keep the show running, which uh, can be a challenge at times because we have some really great personalities, but it's a lot of fun. We try to have a good time. Good job of keeping everybody on track. Because I <laughs> well, think if you... Uh, yeah, if you yeah. just let them go, it could be a five-hour episode. 
it really good. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's good <laughs> stuff, though. It's good stuff. <laughs> Poor Steve here can't wrangle three people. So I can't imagine five. So. <laughs> it's fun, though. We got to, like, I've really gotten to know, like, I knew Carlos and Sam from meeting them at that same Gen Con, but Matt yep. and Ben have also, like, it's just been great to get to know them and to hang out with them. And Right on. Well, welcome again. Excellent to have you. But Steve, what are we what are we here for tonight? So we're going to take a look at Ulysses Claw, or Claw as we know him. Um, mm. So Claw is created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, I think pretty much everybody has been created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, All the good ones. <laughs> All the good oh yeah. Ones. All the good ones. So first seen in Fantastic Four number fifty three way back in nineteen sixty six. Man. Uh, Yep, so he's he's been around the block. But he is primarily a Black Panther villain, but also Fantastic Four and the Avengers, he has reappearing roles in and, you know, tangles with them as well. And he's part of the Masters of Evil. Can I ask a quick question? Oh, yeah, ask away. Um, how old is Black Panther? Oh, that's a good question. Because if he's primarily a Black Panther villain, but he's from 66, I'm trying to think if... I mean, I know comic books and... Art in general is often more progressive than the world around it. So is Black Panther as old as 66? Well, he was in one of the fantastic... Black Panther first appeared in one of the Fantastic Four issues, didn't he? Um, yeah, I think we're going to find out. He, in his... In Claw's early encounters with Black Panther, it's a one of these early Fantastic Four episodes. I think we'll get okay. to it. But we see him as a young man, not as an adult. Mm-hmm. So he's been around just as long, I think. Think. I'm going to talk about his original story, Claw's original story, and okay. avoiding the more modern version found in the Black Panther volume four, number three. So what they do, like they do in all of them, is you've got your classic storyline, and then at some point somebody reimagines it. Okay. So we oh, can yeah. touch on it real quickly at the end, but the, the main story I like is his, his uh, OG version. Yeah. So Claw, as we know him, Ulysses, he's actually the son of a Nazi war criminal. Colonel Fritz Klau, spelled K-L-A-U-E. Klau. Klau. Yeah, so his dad is a a Dutchman living in Belgium who leaves Belgium to join the Nazis in Germany. He goes on a bunch of missions, and he kind of screws up some of them. He takes a mission into this Wakanda, which is they're discovering about in Africa, in order to regain favor with Hitler because of his failed previous missions that continually were thwarted by nick fury and the howling commandos but on his way into wakanda he crashes he crashes into wakanda all his men die except for him and he's nursed back to health by the then current king chanda Hmm. so he has some exploits in wakanda it turns out they're all kind of terrible exploits he he does all kinds of things to try to maybe take control or to influence them I mean, he's a Nazi, so he doesn't really have any... Um, he's trying to impress Hitler, so he's doing these terrible things there for the benefit of Nazi Germany, right? So Even though they nursed him back to health. Even though they nursed him back to health, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh. All right. Yeah, so while he's there, he ends up getting his hand cut off, a little foreshadowing, and then he flees back <laughs> to Germany. When the war ends, Fritz, this is Fritz Claw, he moves back to Belgium, and then he anglicizes his name to Claw, K-L-A-W, uh, and he raises his son Ulysses Claw on the tales and his exploits of Wakanda and vibranium and all that, the glorified his history. That's dear old dad for, for Ulysses. <laughs> so another villain with corrupting daddy issues. Yeah. Okay. He was just telling them stories about those shiny rocks in Wakanda. 
<laughs> yeah. He just wants to see the shiny rocks. Just shiny rocks. They're right. Just shiny Good rocks. Point. Good point. Let's hear more. But Ulysses ends up becoming a physicist working in the field of applied sonics. And he invents this theoretical device that can turn sound waves into a physical mass. But he needs this vibranium, these shiny rocks, <laughs> to complete his device. <laughs> so he knows that this vibranium exists. He knows that it's in Wakanda. He knows that he can go, you know, maybe he could go to Wakanda. So instead of going to Wakanda and asking for some of it or trying a diplomatic manner, he just hires a bunch of, bunch of mercenaries, goes down to Wakanda, and tries to take what he needs by force. Well, yeah. How else would you do it? Yeah, what's the alternative? Like negotiating? Come on. No, you wouldn't do that. So King T'Chaka uh, won't give Claw any vibranium. There's a big fight. Claw and T'Chaka, who is the current Black Panther, have a big fight. Claw ends up overpowering the king. Enter T'Challa, who runs to his father's aid. So now this is the Black Panther we know, uh, T'Challa. Runs to try to help his dad. Claw fires this sonic weapon that he's, he's built and brought with him at T'Challa. But his father shields T'Challa, and the blast kills T'Chaka. So what we have is Claw kills T'Challa's dad, the king. Okay. And, and okay. now we have Black Panther, the Black Panther we know, who is going to hate Claw because he killed his father. Well, yeah. Okay. More, more father connections. Oh. A Wakanda man named Zuri joins the fight. He pierces Claw's arm with like a spear. Gives T'Challa a chance uh, to grab Claw's weapon, shatters his hand. There's a big fight. Claw's forced to retreat. So Claw escapes. T'Challa and T'Chaka and Zuri, they all escape. Well, I guess T'Challa doesn't, but, or T'Chaka. There's too many Tuz. So <laughs> Claw's gone. Claw's gone from Wakanda, and Wakanda now has a dead king, and, you know, uh, gonna have to have a new one. It's all very dramatically different from what we see in the MCU movies, like what we see for. The Black Panther movie, or uh, any of any of it. That's a, it's a very different story than they have for the MCU, which mm. I put in my notes later on. We could talk about. So that's Claw's first foray into Wakanda. Ten ten years go by, and Claw decides he's going to try again. During this time, he's slowly been collecting like little pieces of vibranium on the black market, finding what he can, uh, you know, smuggling stuff out in whichever way he's able to, and he makes this sonic converter. Mm. And this this time he's going to attack Wakanda, but he's ready to do so with this sonic converter device, which allows him to turn the sound into physical objects. What? He, yeah. He makes these massive sound animals, like attack elephants and giant tigers and stuff like that. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> the, it's jungle-themed, because that's where they're at, I guess. Yeah, he can make sound into mass, and he chooses attack elephants. elephants. Attack elephants. <laughs> Why are they tigers. not in the game? How are they not part of his deck? I, I well, we have solid sound. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's for the revisit. He has these. He can make these things. So this time, he attacks Wakanda with these sound, sound solid sound animals, and it's confounding <laughs> Black Panther. He can't really handle it. He doesn't know how to fight him. And, Who would? Uh, Who would? Right. <laughs> So he and Black Panther ends up calling on the Fantastic Four for help. Uh, so this is like one of the f earliest times when Wakanda reaches out to the rest of the world. We, I need help. I don't know how to deal with this. So the Fantastic Four show up. There's this, another giant fight, this time at the Sacred Mound, which is the giant vibranium mine. 
where all the vibranium is. During the battle, the whole thing comes crashing down right on top of Claw. And everybody thinks, well, Claw's dead, right? A mountain falls on him. But like any good villain, you can't just kill him once. Yeah. Yeah. Claw has no way out. So the only option he sees is to climb inside his sound converter device. And he figures, if I get in this thing, I'm dead anyways. If I climb in this, maybe it'll provide me with the strength I need to escape. He goes into his sound converter, and he emerges out as the immortal claw made of living sound. Ooh. Wait, made of living sound? Yeah, so he comes out of this thing, the immortal claw made of living sound. He does battle with the Fantastic Four, pushes them back, but eventually they do defeat him because Mr. Fantastic, he cheats like any hero would. Of course he does. Yeah, come on. He has vibranium knuckle guards? What? What? Who even has those? Right. I don't know. Uh, when vibranium absorbs sound waves, and Claw oh. is now all sound, he's defeated. That's his one weakness. And they cart him off to jail. Claw is captured. Vibranium knuckles sound like a health hazard. I don't think he should be having those. Agree. Uh, and just, oh, I'm, that's aggravating. I'm sorry. Um, I'll recover yes. in a couple of minutes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Claw's in jail. But he's eventually freed by this mysterious figure known as the Crimson Cowl. Oh. Sounds like an upstanding fellow. Yeah. I mean, he just likes to wear red. Yeah. We know from playing the core box set that Crimson Cowl is actually Ultron. <gasps> Spoiler. Bum, bum, yes. bum. So Ultron frees Claw, has him join the new Masters of Evil. Claw and the Masters of Evil, they go on a, a rampage against the Avengers. They manage to capture them. Like, Claw holds them for ransom and says, I'm going to kill them all unless you, you do this thing. But unfortunately, you know, Black Panther shows back up again and, uh... and is able to subdue him because he has access to all this vibranium. Even Black Panther can't uh, hold Claw. You know, conventional means can't hold him down. So he escapes. And right. uh, so Claw eventually makes it back to Wakanda to steal a special device that will disintegrate vibranium which would be his only weakness. So if you can destroy the vibranium, you can't defeat Claw. But the Thing and the Human Torch and Black Panther once again defeat Claw, and the Thing crushes his prosthetic hand because he's got a sound device in, in his one hand. You know, that's, that's kind of the main okay. background of Claw. Well, that shows you how dumb the good guys are. Why on earth would they have a vibranium disintegrator device in Wakanda? Right. <laughs> I know, right? That's just dumb. Like, that's, that's, ugh. They deserve to be defeated. Why can't we do it? Why can't we do it? That's such a hazard to their shiny rocks. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's an interesting story. Like, he thinks he's dead. He's dead anyway, so he throws himself in, and then he comes out with all these special powers. He keeps fixating on the vibranium and Wakanda. He kills Black Panther's dad, you know, but Black Panther's great-grandfather saved his father. So there's some weird dynamics there between all of them, um, which right. is, yeah, which is why I think we see them a lot in the Black Panther stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say, Steve, the other villains were um, a little bit easier to identify with on like a normal level. This, this, <laughs> right. this guy, this guy's not singing to me. You know, you can't identify with being made of living sound. What is this? And you know, and Hatsi. We're, and, we're, like, we're teachers. Uh, we talk a lot. We sometimes I feel like I'm just making sound. Well, now in in the era of, like, flipped classrooms and only online learning, I am just sound. That's right. So (laughs) that's true, John. You could be Claude. We don't know it. Yeah. I 
I just don't. He doesn't have a motive that really, you know. There's more to him, though. All right, so give me, give me more. Sell me more. Because... So he's in a. He he's been around since 1966. So he has a very long story arc. So I'm gonna hit a few bullet points on some of the interesting stories moving forward from that piece. Okay. So he teams up with someone named Solar, and he captures the Avengers in a solid sound barrier, and Black Panther returns and defeats him. Yeah, but a jerk. Jerk. Okay, so then. He teams up with the Shinarians from the Savage Lands, which I don't know anything about. But from what I understand, it's part of like the multiverse. It's some other dimension. Okay. And his sound powers are able to open a portal to the Savage Lands so that the Shinarians can invade Earth. So he's going to team up with them and invade Earth with this massive force of people from the Savage Lands. But their, their superhero, Kazar defeats him, or Kazar, I think it's Kazar, defeats hmm. him again. So he's defeated again. Okay, then he teams up with Molecule Man and the Mad Thinker. The Mad Thinker? The Mad Thinker. I, I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> that, might, my, that might actually be my new favorite villain name. The Mad Thinker. All right. Uh, <laughs> they team up. They do battle against Fantastic Four and the Impossible Man. Okay. Yeah. I guess he's thinking about it. But he's mad kind of angry. Thinker. I don't. Yeah, mad <laughs> I'm I'll thinking all these angry thoughts. I'll try not thoughts. to lose it like I did with Mustafa's quote a couple episodes ago. <laughs> that but, was yeah, great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that one was awesome. <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> the Mad Thinker. Okay, right, I'll say it again: Molecule Man and the Mad Thinker, and Claw do battle against Fantastic Four and Impossible Man. But what? Uh, impossible Man. Impossible oh, Man. No. Yes. Impossible. It's Impossible oh, Man. God, this is worse. Yep, Claw's defeated. <laughs> Daniel's a broken man. We're going to have to do a whole episode on the Mad Thinker, even though we don't have cards for him. So. All right, so now at this point, though, he realizes his sonic powers are starting to degrade, and he's, like, losing mm-hmm. ability, and he's losing strength. So he comes up with this huge elaborate plan to use the Thunderbolt gang to help him. There's all sorts of battles, and captures and crossovers with the beast and the avengers and some others and he's got this crazy plot where he pits different factions against each other and in the end black panther and claw end up at the bottom of the hudson river claws hit with this sonic horn that he designed that black panther gets his hands on and it ends up just dissipating claw right he's made a sound this horn just blows him away and that's it claw's gone he's completely dissipated you can't hear him anymore well, come on, Steve. No villain actually did. Never. Never. That's right. Because you can't keep a good man down. And what happens is after Claw's dissipated, he actually ends up inside of his prosthetic arm. He's device. done that before, right? Yeah. Well, this, this time we really – he, like, he sucked into it, and he's in there. All right. So that thing ends up with Project Pegasus. Uh, it's like a government energy research facility. I think we see Project Pegasus in – one of the Avenger movies, actually. And Claw huh. almost escapes when Solar comes back to help him, but he cannot. So then he, he waits, he bides his time, and then he manages to escape with none other than tricking Dazzler. So, <laughs> yep, what? Aaron Fishbaugh's huh. favorite character, so you're welcome, oh, Aaron. Oh, nice. Dazzler's a villain. Dazzler's um, here. Okay. <laughs> so this sort of thing goes like on and on and on and on and on. He's involved in a bunch of other stories secret wars frightful four the vault 
Pacific Overlords, the Fearsome Four, the New Masters of Evil, uh, the Intelligentsia, and then Super Superior Carnage. Now, John, you knew a little bit about Secret Wars, you said. Yes. So Secret Wars is an interesting line. So I, I got Marvel Unlimited and Googled like, okay, what are some of the best Marvel storylines to read? And Secret Wars came up as just like a classic. And it's it's an interesting storyline. So like all these heroes and all these villains, including like X-Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four, and all of a lot of their villains get transported to this world by this being called the Beyonder, who nobody really knows a lot about, except for Galactus tries to go up and fight the Beyonder and gets his butt handed to him. Oh, wow. Almost dies like Galactus, right? One of the strongest beings in the universe. And so, like, this whole series takes premise with it's like they're all fighting each other in this world, and the Beyonder like put them there. And they're trying to, some of them are trying to figure out why the Beyonder put them there. Others are just fighting each other. And Claw appears at one point, just out of nowhere, seemingly. It's it's been a while since I, I read it, but he's like insane. Like, he's lost his mind and he's like wacky and crazy. And he's like, he comes (laughs) up to like, he works with Dr. Doom, becomes, becomes like a, he falls in line with Dr. Doom and all this, and Dr. Doom kind of separates himself from everybody else, of course. And, like, at one point in the series, like, he just appears to all the villains and the heroes that are fighting, and he's just like, I bring a message from Doom! Oom! Kaboom! Loom! And, like, he's just, he always does that, like, in this series. He, like, rhymes these words with random nonsense words, and he's just, like, lost his mind. I don't remember why. Maybe it's just, like, he hadn't gotten all of them back. But, (laughs) it's, and there's a there's a you mentioned him being the immortal claw there is a part in the comics i think when he kind of gets dissected like because he's made of sound so he's like his body's like just in pieces in different parts on this dissection table and he's just there like ah, i'm as happy as i can be like still just out of his gourd he didn't start off too sane it feels like so <laughs> but yeah wow that, that's a crazy storyline by the way but it's, i highly recommend it it's 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 out there that's for sure. All right. So the question is, where's is Claw now? Right? Where is he now? Right. Where is he? He's still around. He gets defeated over and over again, but he is persistent. You know, he's come comes back time and time again. And because of his sound qualities, it means he can't really be killed. He can be dissip- dissipated. He can be reformed. Like John said too. I saw. I read. He can be chopped into different pieces or. As long as bits and pieces of his sound body are nearby, they can reconnect again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can always kind of get sucked into his prosthetic or any anywhere that sound can travel. He can he can exist. Fast. All right. So his most recent storyline is something to do with Carnage and Spider-Man. So he's out there working with a few other villains, trying to fight Spider-Man, trying to control Carnage. Carnage is controlled or damaged by sound so claw has a good handle on that and i think that's where he's currently residing is he's working in one of those storylines there with us as a spider-man villain and uh, working with carnage and so in a lot of ways he's perfect for the core set because if he just gets beat up again and again and again and again that's right yeah (laughs) yeah we test everybody tests their decks against him right boom (laughs) (laughs) he's a great punch bag wow Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, perfect. Don't have to actually worry about the guy, but you can test a few new things on him. He's never going to die. Yep. <laughs> so his modern origin I mentioned at the start is a little different. It goes along something like his great-great-great-grandfather helped to found the nation of South Africa, but he gets assassinated. And so Claw 
gets hired on to become an assassin to take revenge for his great 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 grandfather's death against no one none other than the Black Panther. Okay. I, I don't know how it works out with all the previous history and everything like that. I don't know. It didn't seem as interesting as the uh, original Claw storyline. I mean, it, it keeps some of the same, some of the same themes, like from going from a Nazi to an apartheid guy. I mean, like I get that, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I guess yeah. making it a more obvious link to meddling in Africa, right? Yeah, so, I, I guess. Right. I mean, I see why. All right. What I don't understand is like where it any of that pre like all the interaction with sure. guys like the mad thinker where that all comes up. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then in the MCU, it's, he's dramatically different. Yeah. He's really different than all of what you've been saying. Yeah. We have Andy circus. He's great as claw. And in the movies, it's Ultron that cuts his hand off. He teams up with Killmonger and he's dealing in arms in the movie. He's moving vibranium, right? He's the one guy who feeds, Ultron, the vibranium, and Ultron comes at him as the Crimson Cowl. So there's a little bit of tie in there. But eventually, he teams up with Killmonger to try to get him back into Wakanda. And then Killmonger betrays Claw and just kills him. He never becomes the Immortal Claw. He never becomes the sound guy. He has a prosthetic hand after Ultron cuts his arm off. And it has like a sound blast thing. But it, he's a very minor character in the MCU movies, it feels yeah. like. So. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, so the sound thing. So what else does he do? What What's this guy, what's Claw got for us? Right, so doing? it's a stat sheet for his yeah, superpowers. Yeah. So solid sound body, which is considered an extra physical energy. He's living sound that he can shape. He doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to breathe, he doesn't need to sleep. He has no, no human limitations. You can't poison him. You can't wound him. You can't give him disease. Nothing Man. like that. Right? Hmm. Uh, and yet, and yet, he's defeated all the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, okay. His schemes are defeated, but he keeps coming back, right? Right. Sure. So he yeah. can live in any environment that can transmit sound. So he can't live in a vacuum. Who can? Really? That's true. Uh, That's yeah. true of mortals. <laughs> so he can live. He's virtually immortal. Even if he gets sucked up in vibranium or a vacuum, he can still reconstitute his his mental essence once that comes back in contact with something that can conduct sound. Something's out there still. Like if he's stuck in vibranium and then you smash it and it touches something else, he could he could reconstitute himself. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. Hmm. So it's like as long as there's a piece of him alive in some in something, he could come back. He can generate sound waves. He has this sound gun, and I'm not sure if he has to have the gun. If it's part of the device, it's part of him. But he can he could generate sound that can deafen people up to a half mile away. Okay. And he can make concussive blasts up to like 3,000 pounds worth of TNT. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he can make three-dimensional sound models and mass constructs like, you know, attack elephants. And stuff. Attack elephants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not tanks or whatever, just attack Ballistic elephants. missiles. Yeah. <laughs> giraffes. Yeah, that's what... Giraffes. <laughs> giraffes. Battle giraffes. Yes. <laughs> Terrifying. Those things can I see, kick hard. I see a... All right, so our listeners out there, I see a fan-made encounter set. <laughs> uh, if someone is willing to take it on of yes oh my god claws yes um, sound it, what are these things called there's sound attack animals sound construct attack Mass- animals yeah. yeah sound models models three-dimensional model sound models now yeah. i think you got so, it wrong i don't think it's an encounter set i think it's a hero set <laughs> oh, uh, yeah yep yeah, there you go yeah, yeah. you're right right you got he's got his 
sound blaster attachment. He can solid sound body himself. He's got a bunch of allies that are sound, you know, attack giraffes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> that coming at you? Seriously. Yeah. What are you you're just standing there and all of a sudden this thing appears? It's a sound giraffe. You're like, what, are you, what do I even do against this? What do you do? Wham. That, yeah. Right? Like, nothing. So. You die. Yeah. That's what you do. That's what I guess you do. So. Yeah. That's what you do. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love it. This is great. <laughs> Uh, all this sound, whatever, gives him like superhuman strength, right? So he can lift lots of stuff. And he has this little sound gun. It's like a mini version of the device that turned him into living sound. So he uses that to fight with. And generally, if he gets dissipated, he ends up back inside of it. Uh, but then we discussed vibranium is his uh, major weakness because that absorbs sure. all forms of sound and, and other kinds of energy. Even being near vibranium can cause his form to become unstable and collapse. He doesn't have to actually be touching it. Like if you put him in a cage or you know that sort of thing, it could it could damage him. Okay. There, there is something kind of poetic about the fact that it's the thing that he wanted most that is now his biggest weakness. Yep. There's some poetry in that, I guess. I do like that. I do like that. All right, so that's Claw. Let's talk about his cards. John, why don't you go ahead and tell us all about Claw's cards? Sure. So we've got three stages to Claw, like most, like any other villain. Uh, stage one, he is a villain, so-called villain. Two scheme, zero attack with a star. He has the Masters of Evil trait, and that star, when he attacks, is a forced interrupt that says, when Claw attacks, give him one additional boost card for this activation. And he has 12 hit points per player. His second stage, he has the same scheme too, but now he has a base one attack with a star. With the same forced interrupt, whenever he attacks, he gets an additional boost card for the activation. And he comes with a win revealed effect on stage two that says search the encounter deck and discard pile for the immortal claw and reveal it. Shuffle the encounter deck. And lastly, stage three, his scheme bumps up to three and he has a base attack of two with the same star of getting an additional boost card every time he attacks. And this time it's a little less dramatic. He just has toughness and which means he just enters play with the tough status card. That third stage has always kind of struck me as like, uh, like the second stage is real big. Oh, Mortal Claw side scheme comes out and he gets plus 10 hit points and the side scheme's out. And then he gets to stage three and you're like, oh, what's going to happen to stage three? And it's... <laughs> he's he, tough. He's just tough. He's yeah. tough. <laughs> um, oh, and I, I forgot to mention, uh, stage two, he has 18 hit points per player and stage three, he has 22 hit points per player. So is he the villain with the greatest jump between stage one and two for hit points? It's got yeah, I mean, six is six dramatic. Jump. That's a big jump. That's a big jump. The stage two that comes out with the immortal claw, that's something we'll talk about later. What the immortal claw means. So what do, what do we think of this guy? I mean, he's he's one of our men, you know? Like, let's, let's talk about him as a card. His attack, uh, his little boost that he gets about getting an additional side team means he can really swing as to how oh, much yeah. he's going to actually hit you for. Like, in his stage one, he could hit you for zero, or he could hit you for five. Because his base set has a three boost icon in it and two boost icons. So he, he's just wildly variable in how much he could actually be attacking for. Plus, plus he also gives you a greater chance of getting those boost cards that, you know, like when you, you draw them and they, they come out onto play or they, yep. they, they yep. some boost effect. Like he, he ups that possibility. And I really like that about it too. Yeah, I think that level two claw. Having that, right, like we said, that level two is like, oh, wow, like this is really cool. And then three is a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a letdown. But level two claw 
you're going to see no matter what version of the game you're playing, right? If you're playing standard, yep. you're mm-hmm. going to, he's your ultimate version. Oh man, now we got to defeat him and then we win. If you're playing an expert, you've got to start with that to like, mm-hmm. if his, if that effect was only on level three, you'd never see it in the standard game. So I like that it's like the middle version is really That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be nice if level three had something else other than toughness, but yeah. I will say though, in, in solo, if you get to stage, if you get to his last uh, villain fa- stage, and he's on stage three, you have to be very careful about letting him scheme because three scheme with a boost means he could scheme for a max of six in just one scheme. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and he, so you got to be very careful about letting him actually scheme in stage three. When we think about the card and the backstory, how did they fit? Do we think this is good? Like it's a thematic I like hit. Mortal Claw. I like that they they mentioned that. Yeah. I think that that part's right on. That's pretty cool. I don't know where the double boost comes from. What about the high scheme number? Yep, yep. He's a schemer, that's for sure. Okay, that makes sense. All right. He might not always be successful, but he's got a lot of schemes. Okay. Sounds like from what you his history <laughs> that you were giving us. Yeah, he was like he's a lot of he's a mastermind behind a lot of different plots. Okay. So high scheme value makes sense. Yeah. All right, good, good, good. No, I was, I was thinking like what would make his attack so variable? that it's it is yeah zero to five is quite a swing so but, yeah i guess as long as you've got earplugs in you'll be okay against <laughs> maybe that's it or maybe that's he's it. not always shooting out a giant draft or something so right. uh, <laughs> vibranium earplugs is what you need so when he attacks you for zero he's shooting a sound squirrel at you and when he attacks you for five it's like a sound <laughs> shark there you yeah. go there you go in the base set does black panther work better against him like, there's no real, like, um, is there any kind of play between their rivalry? No, do I don't, I don't think not so. Not quite, right? Not, not no. as much as any other villain, I think. I was just wondering if that, you know, these designers are so good at, like, injecting theme and really interesting sort of, in little mini moments that mean a lot. And so, I was wondering if we can think of any for Black Panther to clock. No, I think, uh, I think they really focus in on that for the Nemesis sets, right? Because yeah, Claw is yeah. also um, a Thor on the side of the Fantastic Four, who we haven't seen yet, right? Mm. So he's a little mm. more generic of a villain at this point. Okay, sure, sure. I like him. I like playing against Claw. So. Oh, yeah. And it should be noted, too, right? Double boost cards every turn means he goes through his deck faster, which gets him to mm. an acceleration token faster, which means yeah. you lose quicker. Yep, good point. Yep. Now, that said, we've often complained, Steve, as you know, that our so-called villains don't win very much. You ever find yourself losing to Claw, ever? I think a few times, yeah. I mean, like John said, he can swing. So you could take, a, especially depending on the encounter set you put in there, you could take an eight attack from him if you had two, three boost icons or, you know, a six scheme when you were expecting a four or five. So I also have tried heroic mode with him, which... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so uh, hard. <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. He's burning through his deck. You're dealing with so many cards. Heroic, heroic mode claw is no joke. That's for sure. Yeah. Especially solo. Like heroic solo. I've yet to beat anything heroic solo. Let's be honest, but. <laughs> Took down Rhino once. <laughs> but, <laughs> whatever. It was Rhino. No, that's good though. Still a trophy on my wall, right? That's yeah. right. You got that. <laughs> it is. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's um, let's talk a little bit about Claw's schemes. Yeah, go ahead, we? Daniel. All right. So his uh, first main scheme, one A and one B, is underground distribution. 
The attack on the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility has been linked to an underground weapons network. Standard thing, uh, Claw 1 and 2 if you're doing uh, standard, 2, 3 if you're doing expert. And they recommend that you bring the encounter set Masters of Evil with Claw. You're going to search the encounter deck for the defense network side scheme, which I'll talk about in a second. And then you will flip to stage 1B. And that's what we're going to be talking about right now. It's main scheme 1B. Your investigation reveals that the criminal enterprise is operated by Claw, an old rival of the Avengers. When revealed, discard cards from your encounter deck until a minion is discarded and put that minion into play and engage with the first player. It's got zero starting threat and then plus one per player. That's his that's his main thing, his first thing. What do we think? That minion discard is all like it all it never fails. I discard like half the deck before I even see one minion. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he's already like halfway through his encounter deck, which is you know helpful if you're one of us. Right? Oh yeah, it's a zero deck fast, and it's great. Yeah, it plays into his acceleration. It's too bad those minions aren't attack elephants, but you know we're gonna get his. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get them. We're gonna get them. Yeah, we're gonna get his guards or his masters of evil characters or whatever. So he comes out with a buddy. He comes out with a buddy that shares his masters of evil trait, mm-hmm. most likely, right? And mm-hmm. so. As a starting as a starting thing, that's fine, right? Yeah, six per player. If you're playing solo, that's not that's hard really low. Yeah, that's less than Rhinos, isn't it? Rhinos is seven. Rhinos is seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think All the Rhino game has. thinks. Yeah, the game thinks that you are going to advance this. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if I've ever played a claw a game against claw where it stayed on the first. It must. I'm sure it must, but I can't really Under remember. Surveillance has really helped that out. The one that you attach it to the main scheme and it adds four, you know, threat. Oh yeah, it increases the cap. That has been amazing in solo. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, terrible in solo. Gosh, terrible, geez. terrible. Yeah, there's the hero spying on you. What happened to privacy laws? I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, stop surveilling us, villains. Um, multiplayer. When we, do, when, when we do it, it's villainous, right? So. <laughs> uh, in four player, when you're looking at 24 threat, we've played a few four player games where we've never left this one because yeah, no, you can have a lot more focused on keeping that threat down. It doesn't go up as quick, it feels like. Mm-hmm. So one person has to flip to heal up or do something like that. And if you have a justice player out there, out of that four, you could keep you could keep it there. Well, so now let's talk about the underground distribution scheme in conjunction with Defense Network because they're going to be out at the same time. Okay, so let me read Defense Network real quick. It's a side scheme. Claw's criminal enterprise is protected by a gang of rival thugs, which is fantastic. So when revealed, place an additional one threat here per player. And it starts with two anyway. And it is a crisis. Definitely more difficult in solo. Mm-hmm. Right, you've got yep. to deal with that defense network first before you get to that main scheme. And Claw's a good schemer. Yeah, in that solo game, you got to pull three off of this first before yep. you can start. So you can't even, you know, crisis. You yep. can't. Nope. You can't let Claw get going on his underground distribution because he's got the defense network up and rolling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then as a side scheme, you get rid of it. it goes back in the deck. It has two boost icons. Two boost on icons. It. I forgot That's right. That. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You you might get it out again. It comes back out. And in expert mode, you have to deal with this and the Immortal Claw. Right. So it was. But that's that's awesome for us. Oh, yeah. We think that's great. It's a pretty basic side scheme. It's nice it that it yeah. starts out. Uh, they definitely ramp it up after you've learned how to play against Rhino. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Thinking about these things in in the progression like that, it's true. Like yeah. you know, when you just have the core set and you beat up Rhino a little bit, you know, you're gonna lose maybe to Rhino accidentally a couple times when you're first learning the game and you get the core set. The jump to Claw is significant. Mm-hmm. When you just buy the game and just have core set cards. Yeah. Oh man, he can mess you up. some work on you. Yeah. I like the. Uh, I know we always do this, but the underground distribution has. What whirlwind and radioactive man making a little thing, and then we go down to defense network, and there's whirlwind and melter. Maybe I think that's melter. Yeah, I think it it's melter. Different than his card art, but I maybe just different art. So let's imagine that Claw somehow gets past his underground distribution. What happens then, Steve? Well, then Claw's going off on a secret rendezvous. So two A Claw has found a buyer for his illegal weapons. It's up to you stop the sale but the meeting is surrounded by claws cronies when revealed discard cards from the encounter deck until a minion is discarded put that minion into play engage with the first player then advance to stage 2b so stage 2b uh, it has eight threat per player before it's completed and it reads claws meeting with the crimson cowl claw and the mysterious figure dart into the shadows when you confront them and claws minions move to cover their escapes if this stage is completed, the players lose the game. It starts with zero threat, and it goes up by one per player. So this is our first time in the game where we got double stages. They bump it up a little bit to eight per player. We're pulling out another minion, just like we did before. And right. if you let it complete, you've lost. The, the per player amount of things, I think that might be something that the game could work on design-wise. Because if you're playing four players, 32 threat on the main scheme is never, I mean, you're never going to come close to that. Yeah, that's where it comes in. You Claw's got to get his acceleration tokens out there, right? I mean, that's right. He goes through his deck, he's got to fly through that deck so that you can. Yeah, uh, but even, but even then, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the heroes have ways of just ripping threat off of schemes. Yeah. This is also still just the core set. So, sure, sure. Even though it's not supposed to be rhino level, it's, it's, it's supposed, supposed to be still beatable. We did say Claw's a good punching bag. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he needs a lot of time to get punched over and over. So <laughs> That's right. And by this time, he's got hundreds of hit points, all right? So, whatever. Oh, yeah. He's got crazy hit points. 22 per player at 88. Yeah, 88 hit points in four and then, players. And then lot. add 10 from Immortal Claw, so yeah. 90. <laughs> almost at 100. He almost, yeah, almost got there. It can be daunting, right, too, though. You're like, oh, we have to take off almost 100 health, like... Can we even do this? You can. It just takes five hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have we seen main schemes that start with threat on them? Not at this point in the game's life. Yeah, so there's that big zero right there. I think so... any of the corset schemes start with threat on them. I think Green Goblin has started that trend. Wrecking Crew, they start with threat on. Right? Oh, yeah, they have it too. Yep. Yeah, they came after Green Goblin. That's what I'm saying. I think Green Goblin started it, and then Wrecking Crew followed suit. Right. I think we'll probably see a lot. I think that'll be a lot more common than uh, than starting with zero sure. from now on. Yeah, because then that puts you closer to that threshold right away. Yeah. Right? And you have to deal with it fast. Yeah. And it yeah. gives you something to do if maybe you've got just threat removal cards in your first hand. You know. Yeah, opening. Hey, next yeah. Your opening hand, you got something to do with these cards. So, John, as your special guest, what do you think of Claw? I like him. I, I think he's a I think he's a fun villain. He kind of plays in my mind into that just kind of wild Marvel world. Like he's a guy made of sound. 
Like, what's, what does that even mean? But so he just plays in that fun, really, imagination of Marvel, where it's just like, what if we just had a guy who was made of sound and had yeah, a yeah. sonic cannon? You know, this the fun thematic, you know, they just basically took a concept and just went wild with it and just went let their imagine. And that's the fun part about Marvel to me is just the imagination of all of this and just this fan, yeah. this world where you can just have anything happen. And that's the fun thing about comics and about Claw. He's just a crazy guy made of sound. He's schemer. He's so yeah. I I like him a lot. Fantastic, Steve. You like him? Yeah. I mean, he's like go to you know put a new deck together. Let's try Claw. He's got that double boost. He's got some tricks, but it's not crazy. It's not like four villains at once, or you're flipping over some environment card. Right. There's not a thousand drones out, so he's a great villain to play against. And solo and two handed. He is no chump. Nope. You know? Right. He's, you got to work against him for sure. He's a good uh, deck tester. Which might not be a high compliment, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we know what you mean, you know? Yeah. So it's time for us to enter into the secret lair. John, where can we find you on the interwebs? So you can find me uh, on Discord. It's Nahaj263 is my username. And I usually frequent like the Excelsior, our Discord. We've got a Discord there if you ever want to keep up with us and see our latest updates. You can find us on Discord. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel and a Patreon. If you want to help support us, you can go to Patreon and uh, patreon.com slash Dexcelsior. And you can give to help us support things like uh, our big giveaway that we've got coming up with uh, giving away some hero packs for the new cycle of heroes coming out. So wow. you just have to fill out a little poll there um, and you can enter for a chance to win. Um, but that's where you can find us. Yeah. And on all podcast platforms. You can find us at critical encounters pod at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and on discord is Vardane, big foam loaf and the truth. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemy. John, take us out. Come meet your doom. Hail Hydra.